and welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And got it in three. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about what just happened on RuPaul All-Stars. RuPaul. Michelle, you answer it. No, no, I'll answer it. <laughs> Ru left us with a cliffhanger. A cli- Left everybody with a cliffhanger. If you know what's going to happen, tweet at us, at Bug... At BIR podcast. You don't even. It's been so long it's since been you so recorded. Long. You I don't, don't remember. You don't remember our Twitter handle. <laughs> as opposed to me, I never remember our Twitter <laughs> handle. It's the same as our Instagram at BIAR podcast. I'm only in charge of that Facebook page, so. Yeah, because I don't use Facebook. <laughs> it's a team effort here. Yeah. And uh, sorry we've been gone, but we're glad to be back. We're glad to be back. And. I'm taking the reins on this one. Yep. Yeah. Giddy up, cowboy. <laughs> you had a questioning look, and for a second, I wondered if you had actually written a story. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Did I have another bitch in the trunk? <laughs> Did I? Got me thinking. Did I for have a second, bitch in the trunk? <laughs> for a second, I wondered if I had written a story, too. <laughs> no, I was trying to think. You said you were taking the reins, and I was... Thinking of which horse joke was the least appropriate one for the situation. How many horse jokes do you know off the top of your head? Well, which one did I say? (laughs) You didn't say any. Yeah, I said giddy up cowboy. Oh, I didn't hear hear you. I'm sorry. I say giddy up cowboy on a day to day basis, so I didn't really think it was a joke. I thought you were just. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. That's also from RuPaul. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Chomping man. at the bit for this one. Uh, that, okay, that one was a good one. Back in the saddle. We're back in the saddle. Another good one. Man, too bad this wasn't like a Western story. Cowboy story. I mean, it's not too late to change. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> waited a whole extra week to hear from us. I feel like we could stop right now. Yeah, <laughs> all 30 of our listeners. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. If you haven't gotten a sticker, please message us, DM us. We'll send you a sticker. I don't even know if we could say 30, because sometimes I wonder if mom and dad download it multiple times. Sometimes I accidentally download it, I think. <laughs> if you are a faithful listener, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks if for you're your patience. New, if you're a new time listener, it's always like this. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't well. come at a bad time. You came at the, just a regular time. Just a regular time for us. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll get started, baby. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you a you story. Didn't, you didn't let me answer. Well, I, I was going to ask you a different question. You didn't let me answer the first one. What was the first one? First rule of interviewing is let the person answer the question before you move on to another question. Did you take a journalism class somewhere that I didn't know about? No, but when you're uh, interviewing patients during um, doctor's appointments. When I interview the animals, they don't really say anything back, so. But are you really listening to them? (laughs) Do you wait before you ask them a second question? I bet you don't. I don't. I just... You asked if I was ready. Steam on through. Yeah. And you sto- you steamed on through. You stoned on through. <laughs> that's the best <laughs> tense of steamed. Well, that's why I stuttered, because I was thinking, 
I started to say steamed, and then I was like, is it stoned? It's stoned. It's actually stoned. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to tell you a story that may or may not keep you up at night. And if it doesn't, hopefully you'll still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. I certainly hope so. Okay. But also, (laughs) I'm prepared. Listen, I'm prepared. What is it? Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Wait, wait, what? Always have a horse joke in your back pocket. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Wait, isn't it? We already have the explicit tag on iTunes. Please don't make it worse. (laughs) Okay, anyway, I'm just going to start. Our episode today is all about yokai. Bless you. No. Goes you tight. You think I sneeze a yokai? Coronavirus! (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Cat on the table, 50 points. And if you're a new listener, again, regular content. Yeah, he's he's just going to walk around for a little bit. It's fine. So, in Japanese folklore, there are strange supernatural creatures known as yokai. Have you heard of them before? No, I have not heard of them before. <laughs> if I give a robotic answer, will you be less mad at me? Nope. <laughs> Is this worse? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So. (laughs) You just let that go. You just let that whole thing go. I was fully expecting you to stop the recording, delete that whole section, and make me redo it. The word yokai can be separated into two Japanese characters. The first character stands for attractive, bewitching, or calamity, while the second character means mystery, specter, apparition, suspicious, or wonder. And or wonder, I guess. It could mean all of them at the same time, I guess. Very interesting combination of words. Yes. Yes. Please don't ask me what they mean, because we already went over this. I don't know. I'm just sitting here expectantly. (laughs) So, there is not an exact English translation for the word yokai. It instead just encompasses what we would think of as monsters, demons, spirits, goblins, ghosts, gods, transformed transformed humans and animals, spirit possession, urban legends, and anything else paranormal. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, we don't really have a word... I mean, I guess supernatural paranormal would be, like, the closest thing. But yokai is kind of more, it's more like a noun. So I guess, like, the supernatural. But oh. yokai would more mean, like, a supernatural creature. Yeah, that's you know? what I was thinking. Like a, like a paranormal being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Not B-E-A-N. Being? Although I think that would classify could As you imagine a if you had it? A paranormal bean? <laughs> there just a bean that floated around your house all the time. I mean, that's basically what's happening to me in our D&D game right now. Oh, that's true. I'm just glad I didn't die. There's a little Ooh. rock following me, and Ooh. I think I'm cursed. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine and fine. <laughs> it's fine and fine. Okay, so 
Um, yokai can basically be anything from downright evil to mischievous or pranksters to actually a creature that brings you good fortune. So it's just a slew of many, many different beings. Beans. 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 <laughs> Roll that beautiful bean footage. Beans. Now I am going to stop you just for a minute because when you said a yokai can be anything that is down, I thought you were going to say anything that's down to the abbey. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even know what Downton Abbey's about. Isn't it like a famous show? Yes. Hmm. They should make a spin-off called Downtown Abbey. Or Uptown Funk Alley. <laughs> I think, you know how sometimes... Funk Alley? Is that what you said? Sure is. You know how, like, sometimes in the podcast we listen to, um, different Dungeons & Dragons DMs are accused of viciously railroading their players? Sure. I think I'm probably accused by you of viciously derailroading you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Point proven right there where you had to go off on a tangent and say that for some reason. I had my finger up and was going to wait until the very end to talk about that, but I couldn't get the past The very it. end? I was trying not to interrupt you, but then you said down, and I thought of Downton Abbey, and it would have been relevant. All right. Okay, moving on past this. What a great segue. Is it? No. <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to tell you a little history about yokai where the idea came from, where the word came from. Um, because, you know, we're we're not just a supernatural creepy podcast here. We're also a history podcast. But, yep. Yep. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so the foundation of Japanese folklore was built by religions of isolated tribes living on the Japanese isles. And then as Shinto and Buddhism were introduced into the area or into these groups, their religious beliefs obviously changed in varying ways and then they were further modified when elements of Chinese and Indian folklore became prevalent in the area. So you have a lot of different cultures like mixing into one. A lot of beans in the pot. A lot of beans in the pot. A lot of beans in the can. Okay. This chili is going to be spicy. (laughs) Oh god. Today will be horse and bean-based humor only for me. (laughs) I'm fine with it. So traditional Japanese folk religion had ideas of animism. Animism? Yeah. What? Uh, A-N-I-M-I-S-M. Animism. Animism? Animism. There we go. I mean, I don't know. I don't know What does it mean? So it is the idea that all things animate and inanimate and oh Jesus Christ anemone <laughs> the idea that all animate and inanimate objects possess a spirit or an essence. So like this table has a spirit, this Gatorade bottle has an essence to it. Yeah, they're their own beans. They're their own beans. So in animism, there is a word. Spelled N I G I dash M I T A M A. Niji Mitama. This word describes a spirit that was peaceful, while Era Mitama, A R A dash M I T A M A, described a spirit that was violent and brought ill fortune. Okay, so these are just two different words describing the 
attitude of two different kinds of spirits. Right. So they thought everything had a spirit or an essence, but it still could be good or evil. Sure. So stories of supernatural entities date back to the 8th century in Japan, containing the creation myths and legends. In ancient Japan, the spirits discussed in these myths and legends were formless and invisible to the human eye. So the spirits saw a giant surge in popularity hundreds of years later during the Edo period, which was 1603 to 1868. So culture and art during this time were becoming more important, I guess. Not that culture wasn't, but more in like the form of art and stories Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so these invisible spirits that were discussed in ancient Japan, people wanted to have images of them or illustrations. So it became very popular to write stories about them or for artists to recreate what they think that they would look like. And so it kind of gave them a shape or a form. And so people had like a solid idea or I guess everybody kind of thought about these spirits in the same way. There's a visual representation now yes. for what before was just, you know, you could add details here or there and right. make it up kind of. Right, happen. exactly, exactly. So folklorist and artist Toriyama Seiken decided to collect, collect oral traditions of rural Japan to share with a growing urban population during this time. So most of these stories were of monsters, spirits, and other supernatural beings that were known um, to these people, but he also kind of added in his own stories which was interesting to me Hmm. so some of the like his own versions or just his own stories in general it said just like his own monsters in general like his own supernatural beings in general um these stories actually grew very very popular during this time and they were actually transformed into encyclopedias that contained like lists of these beasts and monsters and strange occurrences and there were several volumes of this the first book in this collection was titled this is the english translation uh, but it was titled the illustrated night parade of a hundred demons and it was published in 1776 so i have the amazon (laughs) summary of the book okay so it's this is what it says From the mists of prehistory to present day, Japan has always had stories of fantastic monsters. There are women with extra mouths in the back of their heads, water goblins whose favorite food is inside the human anus, elephant dragons which feed solely on bad dreams, baby zombies, talking foxes, fire-breathing chickens, animated blobs of rotten flesh that run around the streets at night, and of course the dreaded night parade of 100 demons. When all of the yokai leave their homes and parade through the streets of Japan in one massive spectacle of utter pandemonium. What are yokai? Put simply, they are the supernatural creatures of Japanese folklore. The word literally means bewitching and strange. It encompasses monsters, demons, gods, ghosts, magical animals, transformed humans, urban legends, and strange phenomena. It is a broad and vague term. Nothing exists in the English language that quite captures the essence of yokai. This field guide consists of over 100 illustrations, illustrated entries, entries covering a wide variety of Japanese yokai. Each yokai is described in detail, including its habitat, diet, origin, and legends based on translations from centuries-old Japanese texts. 
So it's literally an encyclopedia of monsters. I have two things I'd like to say. Sure. Your finger went up when I said something about an anus. Nope, it was after that. (laughs) Okay. It was a talking fox. And my question to you is, what does the fox say? The second thing was, you made me not say that yokai were like Pokemon. Yeah. These are literally, it's literally a collection of Pokemon cards. Yeah. One for each of these beans. Well, I cannot say, I cannot confirm nor deny that each Pokemon comes from a yokai, which I don't think all of them do, but some of them might. They might. They might. <laughs> they but might. my point is, like, they ha- it's like a little baseball card or something. Like, But yeah. they're all in one book. So it has their habitat and mm-hmm. all the detail, all the stats. It's a stat card. Stat card. They play baseball. What? what the- how good they are at baseball? <laughs> What's their batting average? <laughs> what do they like to eat? Do they make a good pet? How many RBIs they had? Running batter in... Gotcha. What's your favorite kind of bean? What's I know. Your favorite kind of bean. We get it. We get it. Um, to make this even better, these encyclopedias became so famous, and people basically became obsessed with them. Like this was the thing to talk about during the Edo period. They became part of every aspect of Japanese culture, including art. Like I said before, there's a lot of art illustrations about these things, but mm-hmm. also theater. There's plays that are about different yokai's origin stories but also the aristocrats of japan would actually host parties where it was literally just to tell stories of different yokai that's really cool isn't that amazing yeah they had yokai parties yes amazing i thought that was really cool that is neat we should have one oh wait is that what how is that what halloween is no i was gonna say that's what this is Right now. <laughs> All my friends are here. <laughs> oh, I got friends in low places where the podcast records and the cats chase all my moves Oh, well, you should have said away. where the cat paces. Where the cat <laughs> paces my blues away. So, unfortunately, Yokai did not stay as popular as what I would have hoped. Bring them back. They do come back. So, <laughs> plot twist, oh God. So when Japan began to modernize its society and culture during the Meiji Restoration, which was 1868 to 1912, so like the period right after the Edo period, mm. um, yokai fell out of popularity. This was mostly due to, like I said, the modernization of society. They kind of lost track of ancient folk traditions, I guess. And so yokai were one of them. They wanted a more open concept. Yeah, they knocked out the wall between the kitchen and the living room. Yeah, I can see straight through. (laughs) Whole other space. Oh, no, no. no. Much more light. (laughs) Opens up the whole thing. Okay. Well, (laughs) we're not making sense. I'm just going to keep talking. That'll help. <laughs> so, yokai came back into popularity after World War II when manga artist Shigeru Mizuki reclaimed their charm and reintroduced them in his comic series called 
Jijiji no Kitaro in 1960. Okay. So this is the summary of what this manga is about, which I believe it is now a anime. Could be. I could be lying, but I think it's an anime. That's now. neat. Yeah. So, nearly 20 years into the 21st century, people have forgotten the existence of yokai, when a number of unexplained phenomena plague adults of the human world with confusion and chaos, 13-year-old Mana writes a letter to the yokai post in search of answers, only to be greeted by Jijiji no Kitaru. The yokai boy, Kitaru, fights for peace between the yokai and humans using his strange abilities and tools. So he literally was writing, like, what happened in history, essentially. Oh. Like, yokai fell out of popularity, Mm -hmm. and now they're coming back, Mm -hmm. and this yokai boy is here to save the day. It sounds really cool. I don't know. I've never seen it. It sounds awesome. Yeah. We're going to have to watch it now. Yeah, I know. I was very interested in that. So that kind of brings us to today, I guess. Yokai are, I don't know if they're as popular, but... Today? To rise this second. Exactly. Well, we better hurry. It's almost tomorrow. <laughs> but they're still fairly popular. And, like, I have, I don't know about you, but I have heard stories about some of the yokai before. And I've actually watched other anime that are about yokai as well. Not this one specifically, but there's others out there that I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they're kind of back in popular i mean everybody loves a good ghost story right back in style yeah they're back in style i feel like i know you're probably going to dive into it but i feel like a lot of the animes that we've seen you could look back and say if there's a supernatural element that's about a yokai or that's yeah it could yeah probably there's one in particular that i watched called in specter in slash specter um And it's literally about a girl who can see, like, yokai. And she, like, tries to help them. It's it's really good. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. What's the... I don't remember what it's called. It is a TV series where the lady saw ghosts all the time and helped them... Yep, what's it called? Ghost Whisperer? (laughs) Is that what it's called? I think so. Okay. Good memory you have there. What's that one TV show where the lady whispered to get say that. my tongue? Tip of my tongue. I did not say that. I didn't use the word whisper. So I funny. See dead people. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's basically the history of yokai. So the next section that I want to talk about are the different types of yokai. So, I mean, there are many different categories of it, but the way I broke it down from what I researched, there are, um, like, three different main kinds with a couple subsections. Lawful good. Yes. Chaotic evil. Yeah. And neutral neutral. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a... Wait. It's true neutral neutral. (laughs) So... Uh, the first type of yokai that I want to talk about are just strictly monsters, which are called bakimono. If I'm saying this wrong, I'm so sorry. Don't at me. Don't at me. Anyway. Mom and dad. So the word bakimono actually translates to changing things, thus making yokai in this category known for taking on different forms. 
So the transformation that these beings go through are thought to be a natural occurrence for that particular being. Being. (laughs) So even though it's mysterious, they would... It's just kind of like a natural thing that they do. They're just shapeshifters. Yeah, they're shapeshifters. Like, Like, that's just what they do. It's not like a weird occurrence. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a shapeshifter. Sure. Kind of thing. So many animals were traditionally believed to have shapeshifting powers... So, like, that's where one of the subcategories comes in. Um, So, that's what I'm going to talk about first. Okay. So, any animal that lives in Japan may be considered a bakimono, but there are... Like, it can just be anything. But there's a list where they're the most popular stories, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. So, these ones are, quote-unquote, better documented than others. You know. Sure. You know. So, um, the first one is <laughs> Bekaneko or Nekomata, which are just cats. <gasps> now, all of these are thought to transform into, shapeshift into humans. Oh. So, from this type of animal to a human, or vice versa. Mm. The next one is Hibi, which is just snakes. Inugami are dogs. Ha-inu are winged dogs. Kamaitachi are sickle weasels. Not Tamagotchi. (laughs) (laughs) I mouthed it to you so you wouldn't get mad. (laughs) Kamaitachi. Kitsune are foxes. Mujina are badgers. Okami are wolves. Tanuki are raccoon dogs. And then Suchigumo, Jorogumo are spiders. What's a raccoon dog? I am actually going to talk about this later. Okay. But these are all, um, well, I don't know what wing dogs or sickle weasels are, but raccoon dogs are real animals. <laughs> this is a dog with thumbs. No. No. Yep. No. It is. No. I know. <laughs> no. I'm going to look up what a sickle weasel is. Please continue. Okay. So, um. I would like you to know that when I googled sickle weasel, one of the first things that came up was sickle weasel technique. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> Rolling sickle weasel. Great sickle weasel technique. It has to do with jujitsu, if it makes you feel better. I knew it. Use... I knew it was going to be something like that. It looks like they use fan blades. <gasps> I know somebody at work that practices jujitsu, and I will ask her. Hey, do you have good sickle weasel <laughs> technique? Can you show me how to perform a sickle weasel? <laughs> can you Pardon show me how to, how to do a sickle weasel on an unsuspecting victim? Teach me how to weasel sickle sickle sickle, sickle weasel. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what I was talking about. So Bakimono encompasses more than just shape-shifting animals. However, these monsters usually have an animal or plant characteristic to them. Oni are ogres with horns, colored skin, and fangs. Tengu are human-like creatures with wings and beaks. Kappa is a creature that is a mixture of a human, a tortoise, a monkey, a bird, and or a frog. (laughs) And or. So when you look at them, most depictions are like human body, tortoise shell, bird beak, and like webbed feet and hands. They usually live in water. Some people, however, say that they have a face like a monkey, but I don't think that's as popular. Why would it be? Right? 
Uh, Ninju are merfolk who can be depicted as a fish with a human torso or a human with a fish torso. Just the middle? <laughs> Just the middle? That's what your torso your is. Torso. Just from, from your armpits to your hips. Listen, that is what I thought at first. But pictures are more like, which is just as weird, I guess. It's like one of those um, (laughs) slot machine games where it's like, please match up the parts of the body. And the feet go through first and then you click stop. (laughs) A middle section and then a head. Interesting, interesting. A fish with abs? Could you imagine? (laughs) But still a tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You had to look. You had to stop, stare really hard at our bamboo plant. And then acknowledge I me. I imagined it and it went away so I didn't get it back. <laughs> your brain is automatically trying to kick that image out of your head. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's cursed image. Get out of here. So, Kieran is a creature with a dragon's face, but with the body of a hooved animal. Sometimes it is depicted with one horn, often drawn comparisons with a unicorn. A, kod- a kodama is the spirit of a tree or a plant. Yeah, Trent the tree ant. I also thought of what are those called on Lord of the Rings? Don't thought they were ants. Are they ants? That's what I thought too. I'm sorry, but the Two Towers is my favorite Lord of the Rings because specifically because of the trees. Moving on. Komanu are stone creatures that take the shape of various animals. So these are just a brief description of some of the more popular monster yokai or bakimono. Um, There's obviously way more than what I've discussed. um, But these are like what people think of, I guess. Or what's mostly referenced when you search bakimono. So the next type of yokai are just ghosts, which are also called yuri. So these spirits are usually kept from a peaceful afterlife due to varying circumstances, including not receiving the proper funeral rites, dying suddenly or tragically, or having malice in their hearts. Since they are not able to rest, they haunt particular places as different forms. They often retain features and clothing they wore when they died or were buried, but are usually only faintly visible. So basically what we think about ghosts, but some of them are really creepy. Well, this kind of encompasses ghosts and or what we would think of as ghouls. So that's why it's kind of like, it's not strictly looks like a person person. They as a whole are barely visible. Yes. I They're thought specters. you the clothing that they have. Oh, it's sheer. <laughs> like, they're, you can see them, but their clothing, ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, specific details about Yuri will depend on the conditions of their death. Like, if a ghost comes back and they have injuries, quote unquote, mm-hmm. those are going to be more specific to, like, how they died. So, if someone got stabbed and came back and said ghost. They have a knife in their chest. They have a knife in their chest. <gasps> Like head, nearly headless, nearly headless Nick. <laughs> Is from Harry Potter? Yeah, don't you remember? Instead of tipping his hat, he tipped his hat everybody. I like it, I like it, I like it. The last group of um, yokai are actually different objects, which are called Sukumogami. 
So these are a class of yokai that evolved from everyday tools and typical Japanese items. Many believe that an object can gain a spirit or consciousness after reaching 100 years of age. So these kind of have roots back to like ancient Japan and the animism. Animi, animism. Animism. Right? Because they thought everything had a spirit or an essence. Right. So these would kind of fall into that category or have foundations or roots in that idea. So this consciousness is usually directly tied to how the object has been used and or treated. So while this can apply to any item, there are some well-known Sukumogami. So some of the more famous ones are Bakizori, which are straw sandals. Biwa Boku Boku is a lute. Uh, Bura Bura is a paper lantern. Karakasa is old umbrellas. Kamiosa is old sake cars. Morinji no Kama are tea kettles. Moku Mokurin are paper screens that have eyes. Zorigami is a clock. A Kosodo no Te is a kimono. And then Kiorinrin, Kiorinirin are scrolls or papers. Hmm. My Japanese is bad, but I thought I'd attempt it. No, I think it was really interesting. So, I have stories of yokai that we're going to dive a little deeper into, and I basically took one story from each category. Is one a raccoon dog? One is a raccoon dog. I looked up a picture, and it's the cutest thing cute? I've ever Oh my seen. god, they're so cute. So, uh, the first one is actually the raccoon dog, a tanuki. So, a tanuki or raccoon dog is indeed a real animal, as you looked up. They're super cute. The best way I can describe it, without you looking at a picture is they resemble foxes, so they kind of have the body shape of a fox, but they have coloring similar to a raccoon's face and body, but the body is more brown rather than gray. Sure. Their heads, their fur shape is a fur shape of a fox, like the fluffiness of, or not, excuse me, raccoon face like how raccoons have the pointy cheeks Mm -hmm. and like their heads are fluffy that's yeah it's like a raccoon face but not a raccoon body it's like a fox body yeah essentially they're super cute i highly i mean we'll post pictures but i highly recommend looking them up so they are 50 to 65 centimeters length on average and can weigh anywhere between three and ten pounds um they're they're small yeah they're really small yeah i didn't know they were so small yep yeah they're cute so uh, they are omnivores, but they hunt in pairs and or small families. So I thought those were some cute fun facts about them. So in Chinese tradition, people believed in godlike shape-shifting wildcats, specifically panthers or jaguars. So Japan did not have big cats. Big cats. So they kind of took this idea and transferred these powers into animals that they had, like, locally. A cat hissed, and we don't know why. Oh. Why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> so the most popular animals that gained these godlike powers were actually raccoon dogs and then foxes. I'm not entirely sure why these two were chosen, but... I think foxes are commonly, in, in a lot of cultures, thought as, like, tricksters. Yes, that's true. And, and I, I think it's because they're sly and you don't see them very often. Yeah. And I wonder if raccoons, dogs are the same thing. Yeah, probably. Well, and actually, 
that that's a very good point because Chinese culture had these jaguars and panthers as godlike powers, and so Japan kind of did that. But then these creatures were kind of thought to be tricksters more than gods mm-hmm. or like pranksters, but had like magical powers. So that's probably why, and the mixture of the two. So tanuki is a type of yokai that can shape shift in any form they choose. They have the ability to cast small curses and to transport people into distant wildernesses by tricking them into touching enchanted objects. Oh, hell yeah. I know. I thought that was really cool. So these creatures can also possess humans through what is called Tanuki Suki, which is just, it literally translates to possession by a raccoon dog. (gasps) Yeah. Isn't that wild? I volunteer. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't want to. So when possessed by a tanuki, an individual will develop strange personality traits like gluttony, and they will actually begin to eat until they have gained a ton of weight, but they're not getting any of the nutrients from the food. All the nutrients is going to the tanuki possessing them, so they will actually eventually die of malnutrition. Hmm. So other symptoms a victim may acquire when they're possessed, are unexplained illness, melancholy, becoming overly talkative, outbursts of violence, or increased libido. Oh. Just a variety of symptoms, if I may say. A lot of things going on. So Tanuki will possess humans for various reasons, including um, if someone destroyed the Tanuki's den. Um, They would also do it just as a prank or to have a good laugh. Or... Um, some people actually call upon them for powers, but more in the sense of like, they will feed the Tanuki to get them on their side and then ask them to possess their enemies in hopes that their enemies will die. Nobody really, I think people will ask them to possess them so they can get the powers of like small curses and transporting people. Mm -hmm. But I think that's less common. Sure. Sure. So the only way to stop the possession is for the tanuki to leave on its own or to be driven out by a priest. Ooh. So in modern culture, tanuki are depicted a little differently than what they used to be depicted as. And I actually recognized these guys once I saw a picture, which I don't know if you would or not. So it reminds me of No Face from Spirited Away a little bit. I mean, maybe. I mean, as far as, like, the gluttony, like, yeah. he just was, like, bring me things and he just, like, continued to eat yeah. and eat and eat, and eat That's basically what the stories say is what these guys do. Um, they don't look like that, though. No, 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 no. I meant, like, more of, like, a personality. personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, in modern culture, they are usually depicted as having, like, large bellies and really big brimmed hats on their head. So, in... Like, original illustrations, sometimes they were depicted with, like, a a type of leaf over their head. Um, But this changed into the big straw hats. So they also are shown with big eyes that help them make good decisions. Big tails for strength, a letter for trust, a sake bottle for virtue, and a gigantic scrotum for... Libido. Some reason that I researched and I found out... (laughs) So metal workers in Kanazawa would hammer like golden nuggets that they found to small thin golden leaves. Okay. okay. And the way they would hammer these would they would actually take, which is kind of sad, 
they would take raccoon dog skin to stretch them over the golden nuggets and then they would hammer it i'm assuming to make sure the golden nuggets stayed pristine so they joked that these looked like the raccoon dogs nuts and so statues of these little guys are shown with a big scrotum because it's supposed to be like good fortune because it's made of gold (laughs) that's what i found very strange but very interesting um (laughs) cultural idea it makes me not it makes me uncomfortable yeah (laughs) all right so that's basically what a raccoon dog is cute they're cute so the next um Yokai I uh, will be discussing is an oni, which is a monster, but more of like the, not the shape-shifting animal type. So onis, the word oni may have derived from the word on, which in Chinese characters meant to hide or conceal. So thus, many think that oni was meant to refer to ghosts. Okay. Um, but combining this word with similar Hindu and Buddhist creatures, um, the meaning of Oni kind of changed. So the word Oni now translates to ogre or demon. These yokai are large creatures, sometimes standing taller than trees. Oni are normally depicted with red or blue skin, wild hair, two or more horns, and fang-like tusks. However... They can be a variety of colored skin, pink, green, purple. Um, They can have many horns. They can actually also have many eyes rather than just two. So the only clothing that they wear is a loincloth made of the pelts of great beasts, which I read sometimes referred to like tigers or Hmm. big leopards. But that would kind of make sense with Chinese culture because they thought panthers and jaguars were god yeah. powers. So these uh, oni lurked in either remote mountains, unexplored islands, abandoned fortresses, or hell itself, which is like the most popular idea. They would often feed on livestock and humans, and they would wash it down with alcohol. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> so many oni are thought to be sorcerers as well as showing extreme constitution and strength. Um, They are bringers of disaster, spreaders of disease, and punishers of the damned in hell. So, wicked humans that die and end up in one of the Buddhist hells transform into Oni, and they become servants of the great lord Enma. So they are given iron clubs and are allowed to crush humans with them for entertainment. They also basically torture they torture people that have gone to these sections of hell but that are not evil enough to turn into oni themselves okay does that make sense yeah so they will often be depicted peeling off skin crushing bones hitting them with their clubs chaining them up you know torture etc etc Etc. So, if an individual is truly evil enough, they can actually transform into Oni while still alive. They then wreak havoc on anyone who dares get in their way. So, some villages hold ceremonies to drive away Oni. 
Um, one in particular is the Setsuban Festival, which is the day before the beginning of spring in Japan. During this festival, people throw soybeans outside their homes and shout, Oni wasoto fuku wa uchi, which means Oni go out, blessings come in. More beans, huh? <laughs> yes, beans! So, a couple fun facts about them. Holly is thought to guard against Oni, like the plant. In the <laughs> game Tag, instead of being called It in Japan, sometimes they'll call the person that's It Oni. Well, I mean, here, you know, it's the clown with the red balloon, and there it's these. <laughs> Is that where the game of... T- I don't know about that. <laughs> no, Hold on. No, but you're called it. So yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. It's just a little, you know... <laughs> so, there are several idioms and proverbs that reference Oni. One is, Oya, nin, oya ni ninu ko wa Oni no ko, which translates to... <laughs> A child that does not resemble its parents is the child of an oni. Wow, that's a crappy way to say you're adopted. <laughs> wow. Many people think that it's like, if, hmm, I guess it's kind of supposed to be like, if a kid doesn't have the same, va- not values, but mannerisms, like good mannerisms as their parents, then they're thought to have been like swapped out it's with like, an oni. You son of a bitch, but it's son of an oni <laughs> yeah, kind of son thing. Of an oni. Yeah, exactly. All right, well. <laughs> I thought that was really funny, so I had to throw that in there. No, I mean, sure, why not? It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next um, creature I want to talk about is a oh, kubi. Karijira? K-U-B-I-K-A-I-J-I-R-I. Hmm. Okay. So these are a type of yuri or spirit that appear in graveyards, specifically on the autumn equinox. So <laughs> they creep around in search of freshly buried corpses, which they will then dig up and eat if they find them. Rude. They have long, disheveled hair, gray skin, sunken eyes, and no legs. So it's kind of like a goat. Like Casper. If you think of Casper, Um, he has no legs. It's kind of like the tail thing. That's usually what the pictures show. So Kubikarijira are often seen wearing white burial robes. So like what they were buried in. And some believe that these yuri are created when a person dies and is buried without their head. Because specifically, these yuri will eat the freshly buried corpse's head. Oh. So others think that these are spirits of elderly people who starved to death, Mm. which is very sad, but this actually comes from a period of time when if famine was a problem, Mm -hmm. families would actually let their elderly relatives starve because they would just keep the food for themselves Mm. so this could have been where the story yeah came from becomes like a ethical fable or something yes yeah yeah exactly so uh no matter what the background is um kubi kari kaijira were first inspired by a paint, or first became popular, I guess, mm-hmm. by a painting that depicted a ghost eating a man's head in a graveyard. The artist that created this piece was Ipi, no, Ipi Tsusai Buncho, I P P I T S U S A I B U N C H O. Okay, I thought that one was a so cool. So these ones are thought to be spirits, but 
they teeter on ghouls. Yeah. And so that's why the Yuri kind of consist of spirits, but also monster spirits. Like it could go either way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about very quickly is a uh, Tsukomogami, which are the objects that become yokai. Mm -hmm. And this one specifically is a bakiyori. The Bakizori is a sandal that sprouts two arms, two legs, one eye, and a mouth. Most of the time, this is on their 100th birthday. The sandal's birthday. Yes. These yokai run around households chanting Karain, Karain, Kororin, Ken Kororin, Managi Mitsuniha Ninimai. Yeah. <laughs> which translates to, which I don't know if these words have a translation. I cannot find it. So it's really just Kararin, Kororin, Kenkororin, two eyes, three eyes, and two teeth. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so these spirits aren't necessarily good or evil they just kind of run around screaming stuff and making a ruckus <laughs> and like they don't really hurt Me. anybody yeah right they don't hurt anybody but they become like super annoying so most of the time people will like kick them out of the house throw them out of the house never to be seen again that's a lie they run around the outside of the house for fun. <laughs> it reminded me of the um I didn't get no sleep because of y'all. Y'all not gonna get no sleep because of me. (laughs) But those are different types of yokai, and those are the ones that I've decided to talk about today. Maybe I'll do a part two. Give me the chant of the sandal one more time. Oh gosh, okay. What it translates to. What it translates to Kara Rin, Kora Rin, Ken Kora Rin, two eyes, three eyes, and two teeth. There was one article that stated that the sandal could have been making fun of. A different yokai? Hmm. But I don't know. Now, if you want to know more about these or about any yokai, literally just go to yokai, Y-O-K-I-A dot com. And there is... Porn. Literature? Literally? Literature? Are you trying to say literally or literature? Literature. What are you trying to say? Literature. Like once for yes, twice for no. There's literally, they have like an alphabetical list of. There's literally literature. That's what you're. Literally literature? Literature? There is like an alphabetical list of different yokai and it's basically like one of the encyclopedias. It has name, what it translates to, habitat, diet, like description and then it usually goes like the story of where they may have came from and then what they do when people encounter them okay it was and they have a picture with it too it's like a nice little database yeah and that's where i got most of these stories from i mean i have a lot of resources that i'll post but if you want to know like about these or other ones that one's like a great website that i found cool so yeah so do you think that any of these, or yokai in general, will keep you up at night? Or do you think you'll still be able to sleep as snug as a bug and rug? It depends, because right now I have that little chant in my head. 
And I kind of like it. Like, it might just, like... Kara-ren, Kora-ren, can Kora-ren. Two eyes, three eyes, and two teeth. <laughs> I I can't imagine... It's like a double dutch chant. You know how you get in and people double dutch it? Yeah, I bet the sandal did double dutch chant, too. Um, no, I, I think this is really, really interesting. Because I, I think it's a good way... I think that Japanese culture, like ancient Japanese culture, this is how they explained things. Yeah. I mean, it was their, like, fables. It was how they explained, like, what we would call paranormal occurrences or things we couldn't explain. That's how they did it, is they used these beans. (laughs) Beans. But I think that it it is a good look into Japanese history Mm -hmm. and how, you know, they're making a comeback. Yeah. And in just, my eyes, I guess. I'm fascinated by it, but, but I mean, I'm biased. They are. There's, it's kind of nice to see where that came from, that it has roots in something that's like, cultural. Yeah. I don't know. I really like researching this stuff. Um, I thought it was fascinating. And there's a lot of different stories. Like, I was going to do some different ones, but some of them got really, really long. So maybe later I'll do... Like, some of the more famous ones actually have, like, a really in-depth backstory. Sure. And so, maybe we'll get into that one day, but I highly recommend to look them up. Some of them are super funny, and some of them are actually terrifying. There's this one, and I forget what it's called, but it's a ghost, and basically she... I was going to do this one, but I couldn't find it. I don't know if it... It's, like, a more recent urban legend, and it's basically this woman walks up to you and has a surgical mask on mask on, and asks you if she's pretty or not. And if you say no, she kills you. And if you say yes, she'll take her surgical mask off. And she basically has her mouth cut like the Joker. And she basically goes, how about now? And if you say no, you're not pretty, she'll kill you. And if you say yes, she'll go, oh, let me make you as pretty as me. And then cut your mouth open. So it's like a lose-lose-lose situation. That's horrible. Yeah. But also, it kind of reminded me of Bloody Mary a little bit. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's also, that's kind of scary. Yeah. In modern times, because everyone has to wear a mask now. (gasps) You never know. You never know if it's her Anybody could be that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Gotcha, huh? Tickled your funny butt a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> she wasn't ready. <laughs> oh, man. The night is younger and the music's high. Mama Mia. I had hairspray stuck in my head, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> I also think it's anybody could do be do that do guy. Do, 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 do. do it in the swing. You're in the mood for a dance. Bow, bow, bow. And if I get the chance. Bow. You, you are, are the dancing queen. Young as we are, we are The best time to wear a stripe. Okay, we gotta stop singing. Did you like it? You like it? Yeah, no, I did. I think it's really interesting, and it's definitely something that, you know, you can go on and on and on and on, but I think mm-hmm. you summarized it in a way that's very... Yeah, and I apologize if I got... I tried to get most of the history right, but I did such a small summary that I'm sure I missed some things, and I apologize for my poor pronunciation, but I'm trying. You've been trying to learn Japanese, so... A little bit, yeah. Not... I'm still on colors and numbers, so this was a bit tough for me. You had trouble with some English words, too. (laughs) So, inanimate? When do I not? Inanimate. Inanimate. 
is a not organic. No, because the plant's an inanimate. No, an inanimate object is a non-living object. I think. Sure. An animate object would be a living or moving object. It's animated. Yeah. Thank you. And then anemone. <laughs> Got it. It's completely it different. A lot, a lot. No, thank you for the story. It was really interesting, and um, I don't know if it'll keep me up at night. Other than like, I definitely want to look some stuff up about it yeah. and learn more. But um, you kept some like fun ones in to balance mm-hmm. out the creepy ones, so yeah. I think I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I thought none of mine were like super scary. There are some that are like like we just discussed are like kind of super scary. I thought all of these were kind of fun. There are scarier beans. There, lima beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, black beans, lima beans, <laughs> kidney beans. It's like off Baked of Boris Gump where he's like, you can boil me. Right? He doesn't go on the Bile list of ways. Shrimp. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know. You know it's like all the different ways to do yeah. shrimp, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, if you want to look up any of my resources, um, you can go to our website, bugginarug.podbean.com. Um, if you don't, just check out the yokai, yokai.com. That's where I got most of the general information. Um, so it was very, very helpful. Um, we will post pictures on Instagram and Twitter at BIA or podcast. We'll also post them on Facebook, which is Bug in a Rug. Bug in a Rug. If you want to email me to tell me that I did a horrible job pronouncing words, English and or Japanese. We'll still send you a sticker. We'll still send you a sticker. It's podcast at gmail.com. Again, thanks for bearing with us. We're sorry we weren't here last week, but... I'm um, sorry we're uploading late this week. <laughs> sh- 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 that's not important. At least better late than never. We're getting, we're getting back on track. Back on track. I'm like a runaway train. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, Send us your suggestions or just reach out and say hi. I'm starting a pile up a list of stories I need to do. Yeah. But keep sending them. Keep sending them because I have zero. So. Well, I'm not sharing. So get your own. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.